and they just lost interest in it and then, you know became us about writing a good movie and then they fucking getting that Shrek merch Shrek merch what a weird term <laughs> they were set up to be the next Beatles god damn it <laughs> We did the hidden. That was the alien parasite one. Oh yeah, that was good. Surprisingly good. So we are up to. It's been a while. Death Wish for the Crackdown. Oh yeah, shit. Nineteen eighty-seven. Uh, <laughs> Architect slash vigilance. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna just. What a way to introduce yourself to someone. <laughs> Put that on your business card. I'm an Architects slash vigilant Paul Kernsey takes uh, takes our members of the vicious Los Angeles drug cartel. Whoops! So I wonder who Danny Trejo is gonna be to stop the flow of drugs after his girlfriend's daughter dies from an overdose. Five point three stars on IMDb out of ten. So let's have a look at this, bitch. Danny Trejo be with us. Oh, we're in the new recording studio. <laughs> the new studio. <laughs> right, bring yourself right in here. Don't be, don't be embarrassed. There we I go. Apologise for those odours. They, they were on <laughs> me when I got here. So here we are, Matt, in our, our new recording studios yeah. in the, the Arts Village. Let's not tell them the full address. <laughs> where <laughs> artistic people like us live. I don't uh, know. How three we're... or four fans will be like... <laughs> Which I assume we'll have gathered three or four fans at this point that will, you know, religiously follow. We're over the road from a a Greek place that rents itself out to a lot of scally windows, so (laughs) there will be short bursts of uh, loud music, I think. And the postcode is... (laughs) So, um... Death Wish 4. Death Wish 4. The Crackdown. So what... Was that actually what it was called? That's actually what the subtitle (laughs) was. Oh, the 80s, you are beautiful. So, did you know anything about Death Wish before we got to this? I had never seen a Death Wish film. The only things I'd seen is the Charles Bronson Simpson stuff. I made the effort to watch the first one from, like, just seeing so many Charles Bronson references in The Simpsons, (laughs) and I was, like, not disappointed to learn it was exactly what I thought it was going to be, if not a bit more rapey. Mindless violence. (laughs) A lot more rapey, to be fair. So when the first scene of this starts with a woman walking yeah. alone through a car park at night underground, I was like, oh, Matt, this girl's going to get raped. I'm going to leave the room for a second. Say all the bad shit happens to women in parking lots most of the time. <laughs> I don't know how women manage to park their cars without having a massive anxiety. <laughs> like, I can't even sleep in the same room as a television because of the fucking ring. So I don't know how you manage to do it. And women are brave. Bra- braver people than us. Yeah, Jesus. They're the real heroes. They should get paid more. They should run the country. I fucking agree entirely because we, we've made a balls with so far, haven't we? So the, I, I just want to give a shout out to the awesome sax music that plays in that entire scene. Uh, just we've been weird. cursed by sax music in all these movies. Oh no, sax, quality sax music while this woman's walking down this very rapey car park. <laughs> And then she gets in her car and like but, is like, and the dude like appears. Oh like, yeah. I get if you do that once because it's like <laughs> oh he's come out of nowhere, but they they cut away and come back. There's no one there, and then they cut away and come back, and then there's two people there Maddox, standing in the same place. Maddox the multiple man fucking stalking so, this poor woman. And then there's three people there, <laughs> so they've been like hiding behind pillars and then jumping out and then standing there. But they've been like in the first one, it was it was like guys high as a kite on goofballs and Jeff Goldblum was one of the rapists and they, they and like always knew that about Jeff doing Goldblum like, to be fair. they're doing the weight like that fucking stupid 80s I'm high thing of just going blah, 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 and like and that, then like sidekick the, voice don't they yeah yeah <laughs> but like they, this was like a tall fucking dude with like a big yeah. build and like a big coat it was and you're telling me a, a guy like that can't get women come on fucking guys are fucking jacked jacked up as nuts he wouldn't need to fucking go. He wouldn't need to lurk around he fucking just car to, parks. He'd he could... just literally have to go to the beach, whip his top off, and be like, "Ladies, fucking jump on it." And someone would, and you know. I know we're getting into dodgy territory with this whole conversation, but yeah, they, they didn't he, do as much. He choice. could do his raping anywhere he wanted. I one thing that we've been talking about a lot is we've been in the movie didn't give us much choice. This one definitely didn't give us much choice. The subtext was right there on the front with that one. 
Uh, it's just this is what like the Death Wish movies are about, though. It's about like saying like exploiting all the fears of white middle upper class men, oh, yeah. and that's all it is. Like, like if this stuff just happens to women. It's not aimed at like making them feel better about the, getting the revenge on them. Like they're just yeah, there to be the victim. That's, to be that like, is what know, it is. Consumed. This is classic dad action dad action movies yeah. this is what started it Liam Neeson owes a lot of his career to Death Wish it is like the lone man like in the first one his wife got killed and his daughter got raped in the second one I think it was his daughter got raped in the third one I don't know <laughs> I think that was I, the... my theory is that's the musical Death Wish where just like it's non-canon and they don't even I'm pretty sure that it. was the one when it was just like oh, Escape from LA was a good movie let's rip that <laughs> off that. and they just did that Charles Bronson was, uh, was in talks to do Escape from New York Really? Yeah, but the um, John what Carp- Carpenter said uh, uh, he looked too mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and too old. He looked kind of mean. The fucking kind of the guy who directed this. What's his name? I don't think anyone actually cares. But it's not Michael Winner. I, it's not Michael Winner. I thought it was gonna be Michael Winner. Michael Winner did three, so he must have done the first three. Yeah, the musical one. <laughs> I'm adamant that that's the musical version. So the guy, was. the guy who did this one, uh, the director of this one, Jay Lee Thompson, uh, is apparently someone Charles Bronson liked to work with a lot because he, and this is the quote from the Wiki, Wikipedia, not direct quote. Some, he didn't ask much from him. He <laughs> he 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 worked quick and he worked cheap. And, and he probably paid well, I'd imagine. If you go through it, Charles Bronson's IMDb, it's like everything he's in around the this. 80s to 90s it's just him holding a gun or him <laughs> holding a gun with a lady next to him he just did all this crap he was there making his money apparently mm-hmm. he got paid good wedge and this is like very early days straight to video stuff as well yeah. so if you put Death Wish on the cover like no one's going to be asked looking up a review of that it's like oh Charles Bronson's going to have a gun I'll buy that f- and I'll watch that and or like video stores would just buy this shit because <laughs> we need something new on the shelf for that day <laughs> terrible I remember them so Charles Bronson shows up with his little pass gun and he guns oh, all down his little bitty guns. little pass gun little 22 which you know I always think is an underrated firearm that you don't see enough of to be fair it's always like get the biggest gun we can find but I mean a 22 little tiny little pistol thing is you know does the job tell it to the fucking NRA fucking <laughs> I would if they didn't have so many fucking guns <laughs> America Joe over here <laughs> With this fondness of guns. I'll agree with whatever they say if they've got that many guns, to be fair. I don't want to fight them. <laughs> I'm not going to win that one. But apparently, all this, like, gun-happy, rapey... Oh, the fucking scene was rapey as hell. It oh, was, my God. I, it made me very uncomfortable to watch I, that. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I knew it was going to be bad. I, I, I do not like rape scenes. <laughs> but, I don't think anyone actually does, to be fair. I can't... I, but I can't watch them. I really did, can't. Did I don't this, know why. Did I this, just... like, record our conversation about the... How the Japanese and the Scandinavian people... <laughs> do different versions of it and just no. it's really unsettling so, we, we did have a very long yeah I purposely not recorded about like I'll tell you what the good thing about Japanese rape <laughs> scenes is man we well, were talking about Berserk and like how that one was quite it you know thematically is, important I do have a list of a top five animated <laughs> rape scenes and it isn't about like how it's graphic not... and terrible they are it's like in I don't know if you've seen Perfect Blue it's about like this idol which is like a pop star who wants to become an actress and like she's getting stalked that's the premise of the movie but uh, there's a scene in it where she's in the playing this character who's getting raped in this movie okay so it's like for a rape scene within a yeah yeah so it's thing. bizarre because she's like talking to the guys in between cuts and then like after that it's like the creepiness of this dude like almost getting at it so it's like the rape scene itself is set up to be like that. Oh, this is extreme, but is it? Let's mm. critique on that for a moment. But anyway, that's a whole different unsettling. Well, off. Like we ended it with how the Scandinavians, you know, take it too far. It's like they make it psychological. And, yeah, yeah. You know, they, you know. Oh, well, which is that just, is, sta- it, it, that just is, stays you know? with you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. what did I didn't get about Death Wish for the the raping <laughs> was he's chasing these guys and shooting them and then he shoots one and it's in the it's in the, the parking lot of insight Star yeah. Wars joke there for everybody and it, it turns out to be him the guy yeah. he shot and then he wakes up okay so it was all a dream it was all a dream My first point I don't know why this you fucking you'll appreciate this because this is something I learned in Gerwin Evans uh, oh, media God, class yes. <laughs> Gerwin Evans is, is, he has gave... he a shout out on this <laughs> yeah, like, is it, I mean one of the handouts we got in the same media class we was in 
I can't even remember what it was about, but like one of the bullet points was like you'll notice in this scene he he sits up from the dream in a cold sweat. It is impossible to sit up from a dream. Yeah. Like people have done studies on this, and that pisses me off. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. It's an annoying thematic shortcut we need to get rid of. But okay, he sits up from the dream. Ugh, it was all a dream. Was the rape? Oh, the non-rape was the whole scene a dream or was it just him shooting a guy a dream I mean does he dream of stopping rapes does he think like maybe he's partly to blame for a lot of the shit that happens to him I mean I don't want to pull that card that seems horrible but like <laughs> well everything horrible violent, has happened to him he is a horrible violent man and you know bad stuff keeps happening to him maybe he's like subconsciously thinking shit maybe I'm as bad as some of the rapists that I've shot a lot of bad things do seem to happen to him, but they're not linked. Like in this movie, they get linked to him, but in like, the other ones, it's just like, oh, he's a victim of like victim. the society. Because uh, this is the bit that made me laugh. He's an architect. I thought going into this, <laughs> I've not seen. Vigilance. I've seen nothing about Death Wish, and and as soon as he said, oh, it's an he's an architect slash vigilante. I'm like, what? <laughs> Shut up! I thought he was like a cop or an ex marine or something. He still finds no. time to architect things. Yeah. He's doing a lot of his Death Wishing during the day. During prime work the, hours, and he still apparently goes enough time to has enough time to make a comfortable architect living. The only f- filmatic thing about this I enjoyed was like the move on with the movie now when uh, his stepdaughter or whatever oh, shows yeah. up and says like, "Oh, I've been doing, I've been <laughs> oh, practicing God, yes, my right. architecture. What do you think, stepdad? I love you." And he's like, "Oh, it's pretty shit to be <laughs> honest with you." Calls it like he fucking. He just it. goes like, "Yeah," because if that was any other movie, he'd be like, "God damn, you got so much talent." If it, if it was a good movie, they would have used that opportunity to set up that she yeah. needs to stay on the right track because the next bit is her going to buy some drugs. I think you may have all well just said, "Don't quit your day job, love." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like this is fucking terrible. I just got. Oh, I feel so pretty shit about this now. I'm gonna go get high. I think the actual line he uses was, "These are pretty. These aren't great. Pretty good." It's like <laughs> fucking Al Charles Bronson. You are responsible for everything that happens from here, you can't. She... So I shouldn't call, call out Charles Bronson himself at the time, because he's probably he was just a guy working a job. His she... character's a cunt. She and her boyfriend, Skip McKenzie, who's a very preppy Randy, young fellow. His name was. <laughs> that's, that's even worse. <laughs> right, they go to they go to like the pier. I don't know what looks arcade. like the funnest place on earth. Yeah. It's like it's like it's an arcade, but it's full of like grown-ups, and it's just like you know what I mean. Apparently it looks like 80s, a cool day to hang out with. Apparently, in the eighties, you could just you know go on a date and take someone to an arcade. Yeah, and I was like, you know, great. That was, that was, you know, the job. What, what you good, know? clean, wholesome fun. Yeah. They show up in this nice little uh, slice of Americana, and wouldn't you know it, the two minorities, yeah. <laughs> the only two the minorities, only non-white there, people in there, are the ones who are selling drugs. What drugs were they selling? It's hard to figure out. Cause, he gives um, them the bag and it's fucking brown. So it's like, oh, that's heroin. I just like the drug deal because the drug deal is just fascinating to me because he basically, the drug dealer takes um, Erica, is the name of the character, away from Randy and says, oh, you know, we've got a special package for you and gives her a, a pouch of brown. Everything that happens in this movie was um, so rapey. Like, he takes yeah. her away and I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> like, he separates Not her from it. End well, which takes is already her around a red the flag, corner. Isn't it? I mean, oh, it was all so bad. If you're on a date with someone and you know, you tell, oh, introduce you to my friend, I don't, you, I don't think he was named in the movie, my friend Jim. And you know, my Jim old, you know, and Jim's like, oh, you know, come with me for a bit. You'd be, hang on a minute, pal. <laughs> they say later, like, oh, she dies, by the way. They oh, yeah. say later, like, she dies of, a, of co- cocaine overdose. Like I thought, like I said, I thought they were gonna like give it a name at some point. So it's like, oh, it's yeah. a new jug on the street. It's uh, Charlie Brown. It's Wackadam's <laughs> Funks. But it was just like the drug. How lazy anti-drugs uh, shit this was, man. It was brown. The, the the drug she got was brown, and apparently it was cocaine. And apparently she smoked it. She smoked it. Smoked yeah. it on her first fucking hit, apparently. <sighs> but the thing I enjoyed. Terrible. I really enjoyed watching this woman die. Not for a good reason. <laughs> Not for a good reason. Her death was probably tragic, etc. But every time they um, defibrillated her in the hospital, oh, they played a the, wailing guitar the solo. The machine that goes that ping amazing. didn't go ping. There's a shrieking it was going Guns and Roses guitar solo. It was going in rhythm with what was, to be fair, a fairly decent lick. It was <laughs> alright, you know. 
It wasn't Angus Young-esque. It was like lazy slash, but I'd say. What do you expect from a defibr- hospital defibrillator? And, you it's know. the only good music in the whole thing. Everything else was just fucking saxophone. saxophone solo, <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was unnecessary saxophone. And, you know, you're going to say, most saxophone is unnecessary, Liam. And I'd uh, agree with you. Uh, no, no, but no, you I'll, should see, in the context of this movie, it was all completely the wrong choice to yeah. make. Should have been menacing synth. I just want to uh, point out one of my favourite lines about um, when Charles Bronson was Lady Pal. And she's and he says like I feel like she's my own daughter and she says she feels the same way about you and I thought shit she thinks he's her daughter that is a complicated relationship and I would have loved to have explored that a bit more but no she's dead of her but too late she's dead dead of the old lady brownstone or whatever she was smoking oh no so of course Bronson you know the only I keep calling him Bronson because I don't think his character's not named and I didn't really watch Death Wish movies before this so I just refer to him as Bronson or Death Wish. So basically, uh, Death Wish goes to the arcade, which he apparently knows. He follows yeah. Thingy, doesn't he? He follows Skip McKenzie. Randy. Randy. And Randy feels really terrible about it and go- confronts the drug dealer. He's like, look, dude, that's not cool. You gave her death drugs. And he's like, yeah, you know. But his, she took it. It was her choice. His master plan to confront him is like, I'm going to grab you and take you to the authorities. <laughs> to Fair. wit, he responds with a gold fastened shank. Brutal stabbing. Shanks that guy right in the oh, middle of a yeah. bumper car field with witnesses looking looking on, not even asked, not even asked about it. And then of course Bronson shows up and it's like, in this crowd of white people, who is the drug dealer? <laughs> that guy, brown dude, and then just starts fucking chasing him down. And an aging Charles Bronson apparently outrunning a dude in his twenties catches up with him, chases him up a up a ladder, chases him up a ladder. But the best bit is he gets to the top of the ladder and the guy's going. He's like, oh, I can't be asked traversing this whole other I'll just shoot from here <laughs> just... fuck due process and I don't even knows that that's oh, actually a drug dealer he just... falls so quickly into the ventures I know like oh this is not the right thing to get put on because that's what it's all about but like the whole first movie and everything that goes after it is like building up to like oh well there's a corrupt system in place here I'll take vengeance into my own hands whereas this one is just like oh he sold her some drugs I'm gonna kill that guy <laughs> Is that, this is not how you do things, yeah, I mean, Charles Bronson. After a certain point, you could, should be able to it's contact a, the authority. Like yeah. what Randy was doing. God bless old Randy. He <laughs> was Randy trying to do like, the right thing here. He should have started a fucking a letter campaign, a social action group. Yeah. A Twitter feed. A Twitter <laughs> hashtag. A Twitter feed in the 80s, somehow. It was the wrong way to go about things, murdering people. Yeah. I'm usually all for it, but it, was, <laughs> it didn't achieve anything, did it? Because it was the whole crux of the movie, right? Yeah. Fucking, uh, what was the white dude's name? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, this is gold. Because um, just to speed through a bit more of this, um, two of the cops who were investigating the movie, or the movie, the uh, <laughs> the murder, are uh, one of them's a white dude with thin hair. One of them's Asian. Yeah. An Asian cop. And we were like, lads. We were finally we were thinking Good like shit. Lads. In the eighties, they were more representative of Asian Asian people than they are now. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Now sort it out. But um, yeah, Deathwish comes home from his night of murder and horror, and to a note from someone says, "I know who you are." <laughs> I'm like, "What the fuck is that dude? Uh, the Dark Brotherhood? This dude who left a note for him in a mansion? In a mansion? And the guy's name?" This old white-haired dude with a moustache. Colonel Sanders-esque. Nathan White. Nathan White. That's the one. I had to pronounce the H on that. That's how how white this dude is. He's proper white. He wears like a fucking ascot. And he looks younger than Charles Bronson. He looks younger than Charles. You know, he's grey as fuck. And he goes, oh, Charles, lad, I know it's you. Uh, I think he's been following him or something. Whatever. He goes, lad, me wife's dead is a Peyton of it. In the Scouse accent as well. (laughs) Again, the eighties more progressive than he's like. Now. Cop this, lad. Look at this classy bird here. And guess what? I was me... nobbing that lad. Nobbing that. <laughs> my daughter Pia dead as well. <laughs> Fucking all Gonzo Brazil. <laughs> so any anyway, kidder, kill these lads for us. And yeah. and Deathwish goes. Sound. It's all about the killing, isn't he? Deathwish. Fucking Jason Whiteman is just what I'm gonna call him. And he just Nathan goes White. like. I've got money and I and I know who's doing it. He's if got you the take, files. yeah, he says like, you need to take out the guys that are supplying it because they're the ones who are really to blame. And you know the intelligent review of this would be like, oh well, he just needs to kill on his lust. He needs to carry on his lust for blood. So this is how he justifies this. But it's like oh, we just need to move this movie on yeah. because if we're only ten minutes in here. So he uh, begins his trail of revenge and he says, oh yeah, I need some guns and uh, some files and yeah, I'll do that for you. Yeah, he gets the doesn't files put for up. Him. 
any question that was like a per- that would be a perfect place for a little soliloquy a little like moment a little monologue I was like you know I thought I could change the system from without a little self reflection wouldn't, wouldn't any, have like, one line one line even if it was like I guess we're back at this again chief and yeah. like, I'm not your chief but he, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just a rich white guy where did you call me chief there uh, there's, there's nothing he just he just basically just does go yeah Sound. Let's yeah. start smearing people. Any excuse to fucking whip the fucking guns out and start Ugh. blasting. Anything. Any excuse to get off. our cocks out because yeah. all I'm carrying around now, mate, is this tiny little gun. I need a big dick gun. <laughs> Do you have one for me? I feel yes. inadequate. I should run for president. <laughs> well, what happens next? His lady pal, whose name is never mentioned, I'm sure she's never mentioned if it has, Maybe goes on. She's uh, lucky to not get raped in this movie. She, she yeah. can't be complaining, she doesn't have a name. She's going on a crusade to find. She's a reporter, because of oh. course she is, and uh, goes to find out all the drugs and stuff, and goes to a mortuary, which is, I think was meant to be like a cautionary tale, and it's like, this person. Oh, yeah, know, his, yeah. His pipe exploded while he was smoking it, and I think and that's the pipe makers you know fault it's not the this, this, this was the kick I went on then I, when I saw all this like are the pipe makers to blame as much as the guy selling drugs because the only justification Death Wish has for going on this killing spree is like oh it's them who's to blame they're selling drugs drugs are bad yeah well the guys okay. what, are, what are the what other uses are there for a crack pipe you know what yeah, I mean you, you're smoking crack out of that aren't you can you smoke weed out of a crack pipe you need water to do I that I think you I can don't yeah, you think I'm you not can. a drug guy I think you can but I've never tried it myself well I'm guessing to Charles Bronson weed is the same thing as black <laughs> yeah, tar heroin cause, cause, it, cause smoked, it's just a drug isn't it Had a drug once and just died immediately these people ridiculous and, and I just remember I just realised how pissed off I am with the fact that she's a reporter yeah because of course she is because yeah. they're always reporters aren't they Carry on. Where are we? Yeah. The fucking uh, death room. Like oh, hey, he yeah. died of de- he died of exploding. She she was only thirteen years old. Uh, I mean, have you not been to Baltimore? They're dying at eight years old from this shit, man. <laughs> Everyone who was dead in that room was a white lad, white girl, yeah. and, it, and it was like, yeah, so <laughs> you know, this shit happens every day to other people. Yeah, so a lot of people are not even like thirteen years old, dead of a drug overdose. Fucking come to my neighborhood, mate. Jesus. <laughs> but one thing I like about it is um, the cops investigating Death Wish's rampage. Like, this gun was the same one used in the shootings two years ago. He's going around with the same fucking gun. How has <laughs> he, he not been the burner, caught? Yo. <laughs> he tossed the steel. Yeah, don't even keep all of it. Why is he even keeping all of it in the first place to remember his Wipe fucking... Wipe them shits down, man. That's what Brody would do. I lost so much respect from him as a, as a protagonist and he's not <laughs> smart enough to ditch the gun he uses. So it cuts to a drug dealer um, having his birthday party, which I thought was sweet. <laughs> drug dealers still have birthday parties. That's nice. Um, and his birthday cake is a woman coming out of a vagina with uh, with candles in the nipples. With, with a, did you just just, just just to clarify, coming C O M N G. Such a thing as diminishing returns with the drug dealer. There was a whole another third layer of that cake, but a bump that we could have got to, but they didn't have that idea. So yeah, there was a, a very sexually explicit cake, uh, a very sexually explicit party. Yeah. And lo- what were you saying about the? There were two types of people in that yeah, party. Yeah, it was hot girls and fat dudes. Like, there was just nothing but fat dudes. Golden there. age. <laughs> Why did they hire Death Wish to be a bartender at this thing? Surely if you're a drug dealer, you'd vet. I'm shaking my head in disbelief. Yeah. Because the fact is, Charles Bronson looks old as shit at this point. <laughs> and he's, he's there in his bow tie, fucking pretending to be a bartender. And it's like... That would be the weirdest shit ever. To be doing that would be so weird if you just saw an old guy working as like a fucking barback. You'd be like, "Oh, mate, what mistakes did you make in your (laughs) life?" I'll give you a big tip if you could tell me how to avoid the pitfalls that brought you here. But anyway, they're having the cake. Who's there? Who's there? Half an hour into the movie. Boo boo boo. Danny Trio. Trio was with a fucking Wall Street banker's haircut. Oh, such a good head of beautiful. hair. Beautiful. Such a good head of hair, man. Like, like, it wasn't as long, flowing locks, which I do appreciate. It was like business trio, you know what uh, I mean? It was like let him solid, sell me alone. Solid I trust hair. him with the interest. I think uh, I would anyway, but I mean... Majestic. He, it. It was, this was definitely the cleanest we've seen him so far. Oh, yeah. He he uh, was up to code, and I appreciated his, his aesthetic in this movie. Yeah, and uh, he brought a cake and as he, we always he say every great. one of these movies so far he's been the best part of it uh, while uh, Danny Trio and his drug dealer mate uh, you know carving up this sexually explicit cake <laughs> Death Wish just wanders off into the house 
because they don't have guards and they'll let <laughs> some random Johnny they've just hired that day wander the grounds. Cause okay, 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 right. I want to bring this up. Death Wish is doing this to bug the phones, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Okay, at what point in that movie did that come back up again? He was listening to them when the... He did listen to their phone conversations. When? Why? He had all the information in the files. Is yeah. that how he found out where they were all going to? Because <laughs> he was good listening. Point, actually, I never thought about that. Because he does it in the next murder scene, and like I never see. I I must have not been in the room for that bit or something because there was three phones that were bugged, and there was no need for that many bugging of phones. He did listen into them, but then you just raised the point that he had the files anyway, so he knows what these people are doing. Yeah, he didn't need evidence. He wasn't gather. He was killing these people. He wasn't gathering evidence to present a case to the grand jury he was just murdering he him. was hired as a hitman basically yeah. and not, he was a freelance hitman he wasn't a vigilant yeah. he was doing a job that someone else gave him fucking bullshit yeah. so he's, hi- he's hiding bugs and then they come into the room to discuss business he hides in the bathroom of course, and he hides in the bathroom fucking turns the lights on eyes in the bathroom you know this isn't gonna go well and they talk the thing like Mr. Drug Dealer Mc eyebrows he had really <laughs> he majestic had thick, fucking eyebrows thick Mexican eyebrows I mean that's a compliment <laughs> He he, uh, he he sees his mate who's just come back from Colombia. He's like, "How was Colombia?" Oh, the girls, man, their tits were fucking everywhere. And apparently, that was the moment that made him it's think, so, "You can't grass on me and stab them." So standard that it was yeah. just like a the 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 wild boss and the guy is like, "Oh, he's gonna stab this guy. He's gonna murder this guy." And then he murdered that guy. And you think he's not even that wild? He was quite restrained <laughs> and uh, elegant during the whole thing. He's just, you know, sorry, gotta stab you. You know, Ridiculous. I'm not gonna enjoy it. But then, of course, after he stabs him, he realizes shit. That bartender we had, that seventy-five-year-old bartender we hired, is fucking hanging out in because, the bathroom. Because, because, like he's watching through the, a very large crack in the door, <laughs> and then he stabs him. The and then he goes, oh, and he closes the door behind him, and he just slams it too. It's like, <laughs> what? Were you raised in a barn, Death Wish? You just like close that, and then everyone just gangs around. It was like, come out of here. It's like, oh, I was just having a piss. Sorry, yeah. lads. And then they bring him out. Sees the dead body there. He goes, oh, you could be a rich man if you don't grass us up. And he goes, yeah, sound. And they go, do you want to move the body? I'd love to move the body. I'm a great helper of a guy. He's just, he's just very keen to help them move, move the this body. Shouldn't the drug dealer go, hang on a minute. <laughs> that 78-year-old bartender we hired who was hiding in the bathroom during oh, my brutal fuck. stabbing, he was really keen to move I'm that body. I'm sure... Charles Bronson must have done some decent acting work in the many years he was yeah. in it. But at this point, he just didn't care. Given up. It wasn't, he wasn't even phoning this in. He was just there for the day and he was reading his lines and he was doing one takes and he wasn't yeah. doing any more takes than that. You know, it was just not a bad performance, just a, a care, performance he did not care about. Yeah. And it showed. Which... I can respect to a degree. I think everyone involved in there was just like, we're making this for the money, lads. Let's just get it done on time and on the budget. Get it in the can. Danny Trejo's name in this movie is Art Sanella. Good name. Yeah. Good name, good haircut. That's an Italian-y sounding name, though, and it's like, Danny Trejo is clearly Mexican. I don't know. There was a lot of uh, ethnic vagities in there. I think it's just like, if you're not white, you're basically in the <laughs> ethnic category, so it's okay to kill you, I think, in that point. It cuts to a thing where Death Wish is uh, screwing, oh, unscrewing the bottom of wine bottles and putting them into, <laughs> putting something in there. You think, oh, he's bugging the bugging these wine bottles. Because he, he fucking loves bugging things. And you think that's what we've seen from so far. He goes to this restaurant where Danny Trio and his mates are having a, having lunch and stuff. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm represent a vineyard. Uh, do you want to try our latest wine, whatever? And the waiter, because there's an innocent waiter in this whole scene, is like, yeah, it's not bad. Like, what do your customers think? He goes over and like, oh, this is your lucky day. You got a free bottle of wine. Puts that shit on the table. Danny Trio fucking is like, I know your face. You were the 80-year-old bartender <laughs> at the party I was just at. And Death Wish is like, shit, yeah, how do I get out of this one? Throws water <laughs> in Danny Trio's face, fucking legs it, and then detonates the bomb he had in the wine bottle, killing the whole restaurant, oh, including me- the waiter and the kitchen staff we never <laughs> see. Whoever was upstairs just murders fucking a lot of innocent people in this what is basically a fucking terrorist attack I think we just need to talk about this one scene yeah. for the whole thing if, if I play my cards right this will be the, the thumbnail of this whole thing um, the puppet version of Danny Trio oh my use. god in the bomb thing like, like, for starts right he, Danny Trio grabs him he sits him down next to him he's like oh I know you from somewhere no you don't uh, yeah I do where'd you live uh, Kansas oh my brother lives in Kansas and he goes oh shit Idaho who's he said Boise whatever Idaho. 
Deathless just goes panic panic <laughs> water oh, in the face he just throws water on him like I'm pretty sure he must have been a cool customer at like to, to he get through genuinely quite frightened yeah. during the whole scene he, he really did that was the only actor he did in this whole thing he was like oh shit what am I gonna do I mean like the reason you make that action movies that action movies is to, to say like look at this how cool and self-controlled this guy is that was not a cool and self-controlled yeah. guy that was a was panicky a very dude nervous man Ugh. who was gripping that glass of water like he's like he throws... I thought he was just sitting down with him I was going to drink their water he could have like, glassed him he could have yeah. you know but you know he throws water on him runs away <laughs> like it was a bad yeah. date that he suddenly had to realise he had to pay for <laughs> but before Trio can stand up he explodes a whole building around yeah. him Break, I mean this restaurant wasn't like just on its own in the middle of nowhere there's like a strip mall restaurant with loads of stuff attached to it he's killed a fuck ton of people with that thing for what essentially amounts to a guy who sold some cocaine yeah, I even, think I don't even think Art Sonella even fucking sold any cocaine I think he was just you know there to look tough that was his job yeah you know I mean a lot of the, the people in his entourage might have been like his business investors yeah they might have been you know property developers they could have been stock market guys although they're both not, of those things should be they're not be good people up, I think but you don't blow them up well yeah we can agree to disagree on that one just the the, the freeze frame like, <laughs> the freeze frames on it the was, puppet it was two seconds t- too long and <laughs> it was very clearly a puppet and then the explosion that comes on scene it's got to be like the, the the first time someone's gone let's try doing this in CGI lads because it was just like a, a clip file of just like a fire it wasn't throw a bit of fire it wasn't like let's start a small explosion and then and then like green screen the rest or layer on a fire explosion it was just like no let's just put a gif of fire <laughs> on screen fucking boo yeah, boo 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 but Danny Trejo was basically in the movie for 10 fucking minutes he shows up at thir- minute 31 he gets blown up unceremoniously at minute 41 ridiculous 10 minutes of Danny a Trejo. literal 10 minutes it's not enough Danny it Trejo was, it, wait, it wasn't even 10 minutes of Danny Trejo there was bullshit was movie around it yeah it was for, uh, dealing with Whitey McDeathwish's <laughs> problems was like I didn't really care about boo that. fucking who Deathwish Oh, let's move on because after this I just realised I did not enjoy this movie at and all I thought, like, true, um, wasn't it? you think after your chief enforcer gets blown up and you you know you think hang on a minute that 90 year old bartender we hired to move that body he hasn't come back or accepted <laughs> payment yet because he does he like, may have been an undercover cop or something he just whacks the guy who was going to off him with a tyre iron doesn't kill him just <laughs> leaves him alive and then, then they just they just like oh it's probably nothing to worry about <laughs> move on with our day everybody and at this point I noticed that you know I was just pointing out that Deathwish himself has no fucking agency on his own he's just doing what he's told with the file which is what a fucking hitman does yeah, yeah, a yeah. good hitman and you know has he gone back to um Whitey McCheddar at any point I now. think um, it cuts to uh, Whitey McGee his voiceover saying oh, mm. this is this dude because the second time it cuts to him this is where <laughs> I uh, my trash movie experience goes like okay so he's not giving him anything new apart from stuff to advance the plot he's not emoted he's not giving any backstory at any point apart from the jog Peyton he obviously is the bad guy of this movie yeah. at that point I was it's like cool. okay that's what's happening here and then I look at the thing it's like oh we still got another hour to go right <laughs> let's get on with this it's so fucking ridiculous they send man. Deathwish to uh, kill one of the drug dealers chief hitmen who's a massive fucking dude like a huge huge bastard and we're expected to believe that uh... well he goes into bug his, his phone doesn't he yeah of course he fucking and, does because uh, he loves bugging phones the hitman's like oh shit there's a dude in my house and there's this big is this the black guy yeah the huge fucking I'm only dude pointing that out because there was yeah. like two black dudes in this whole movie and they were both bad guys yeah uh, there's like this huge fucking dude with a gun against an aging Charles Bronson <laughs> And the person's like, what are you doing in my apartment? He's like, I was making a sandwich. But he, did, he didn't even say it that cool. Yeah. He just said, I'm making a sandwich. He <laughs> was like, what are you doing here? I'm making a sandwich. This is in your house, Deathwish. Oh, shit, I'm sorry. Bang, dead. That would have been a better exchange. Yeah. Not a good one line of Deathwish. Uh, and, then, and then there's Deathwish throw him out of a window. Deathwish gets the fucking shit pasted out of him, which he fucking should. <laughs> in real life, that would have happened. Oh, he, he put an old man against a young... Massive dude. Deathwish puts his head through an old school TV. Yeah, you know, don't yeah, he? Like, yeah, and, like, those, those are like thick glass. Yeah. You know that that would have killed a guy. 
but he still stands in, still stands in, so Death Wish shows him out of a window. Juices him, cuts him open, gives him the crimson mask, but then he, yeah. out the window. Yeah, and then um, he goes to meet Nathan White in a movie theatre, which is playing a movie. And you're thinking these two old dudes just sit next to each other and start having a loud a conversation. Very, a very well lit movie theatre. Yeah, how did no well, one just turn around and say, shut the fuck up, we're watching a movie here? You Garbage. think people who work in the film industry would understand the way movies get shown? <laughs> There's a certain etiquette. An people excellent are meant to, point made there, Matt. People are meant to respect the etiquette of watching a film, you know? It's not your, not your living room, man. You're meant Nothing to respect quiet, about anything in there. What does he say when he's in there? I can't even remember. Oh, he tells him about the fish factory. Oh, the fish market, uh, yeah, yeah. He says, go to, your, go to this fish factory where, you know, there's some drug but, shady doing. Yeah, but he on. says, like, the front of it's an actual fish market yeah. and then there's drugs in the back. Yeah. I was like, well, you can't go to killing spree there, mate, because they might be sharing the Actual same break people, room. They even say, they even <laughs> they say, could like, carpool together. It's like, oh, I'll I'll do the fish while you go bile up the, yeah. the coke, and like you know, There's, we'll go home together at the end of the day. They even point out that these people are like day hires that like just work day by day, and it's yeah. that's how why it's easy for them to sneak in. And it's like these are people desperate for work, trying to do doing a shitty job in a fish factory. That's going to be a by. bad job, man. You yeah. know, if someone says you can not stuff fish guts for two hours of the day if you just vial up some coke for yeah. us, you'd be like, fine, yeah, whatever. I'd, I'm I'd sick be, of smelling like fish, man. I would man. be packing so much fucking coke, I don't even care. I was like, though that said, like, one of the only tr- interesting scenes was him gutting that fish. Because I was like, oh, like, he oh, must have to do that a lot in a deeply day. Deeply pornographic look <laughs> of how to got a fish as well when they any excuse to put violence in and they're just like Meh. I like that Charles Bronson sneak it snuck it sneaked snuck whatever you say snooky then as a uh, as a worker with a lunch pail and stuff lunch and pail. the only thing he had in his lunchbox was an Uzi and I just I just made my imagination go fucking wild it's like what, what have you got today Jimmy oh ham and cheese again oh mum packed me an Uzi a one I'll trade shooter you for Uzi. this M16 <laughs> I guess <laughs> Fucking boo! This is <laughs> terrible. And he opened fire. Like, he, he knocks some lad out with his lunchbox, and then he death just open fires in that room, and everyone's just standing there, just letting them shoot. And you him. think most of those people are just, as we explained before, just people who wanted maybe a bit more money than they were getting gut and fish. Which, so, if someone offers yeah. you a fucking wrong, you meant to take it. It's the American is America. Dream, it? Trickle down economics in effect. Crack cocaine's coming out. AIDS. That's but but Probably. what I'm saying is like. People were on food stamps and shit. People yeah. needed money. There wasn't a lot of work going around. Yeah, so well, someone just paid me. I'll give you like ten grand a week to gut some fish and stuff some drugs in. I was like, fucking yes. No, I'm not the villain. You know, it's just drugs. Yeah, use them. Don't use them. It's up to you. The like the whole crux of this thing was like, oh, it's the drugs that have killed my child. And I was like, no, it was your bad fucking parenting that killed your child. If your kid's thirteen and it, taking drugs, this- I don't even think it was bad parenting to blame for this because I think these were just super drugs that were meant to kill people. Which how do you make a fucking profit on super drugs that kill your fucking user Another base? Another excellent Holland <laughs> point. If you build a car, you can't build the greatest car in the world that's gonna last forever. Because then how are you going to sell more cars? Yeah. No, you need to sell drugs that are going to get people high and hooked, not murder them in one take. Yeah, Jesus fucking, fucking Christ, Deathwish 4. <sighs> like, we're coming... The point that I made as well was... Uh, this was a, this is the 80s. This is a decade of cocaine use. <laughs> this is when people were having mountains of cocaine with their lunch and stuff. And they don't understand the drug business at all. They, they, they don't understand the drug business, the drug culture or drugs yeah they didn't know what was going on it was just like that bullshit white old person thing of like all drugs are bad the Mary Janes and the Charlie Browns and whatever you want to call them but uh, anyway um, Deathwish himself uh, is just he finally gets back to fucking architecting and it turns out that the Asian cop was spoiler alert sneaky (laughs) and working for the drug dealer and was like oh yo you know, you've got to go and kill Deathwish for us. The, and he's like, oh, I don't kill people. I'm just a sneaky Asian who's just here to perpetuate a fucking stereotype. Literally the one minority in that movie that was a good guy. Literally. Yeah. Literally. I can't stress that enough. You can go through and count everyone you want. Not that you should be doing that because that's reverse racism. Aside from the fact that like all the... Uh, actually, even the drug deals themselves were white as well. Mm. There was a, a mix of white, black, and maybe they were oh, swarthy at the best. <laughs> man. They were not. They went. But yeah, I thought like the one good guy who was 
representing the the other guys. Asian culture is sneaky, which is a thing that they've had to fucking buck that stereotype for years. Mm-hmm. I was kind of grossed out by that. So of course, uh, Asian cop, who I don't even got an, he got an, his name was Phil. Yeah, he had a name because yeah, because his partner had to avenge him at some yeah. point. Anyway, the bullshit angle that I did not give the slightest yeah. toss about. He goes into the architecture factory <laughs> and when Deathwish is the only person there yeah. finally getting down to some architecture thing that makes him his money it's like oh you know you're a Deathwish we, we want to know who you're working for uh, if you don't tell me I'll kill you and Deathwish is like nah and shoots him anyway because he apparently keeps a gun by his he fucking machine. he fucking hand soloed him he shot him under the table yeah. and he shot first so we have to ask who's the real <laughs> sneaky Asian here <laughs> Deathwish oh, oh. oh the actual Asian check please <laughs> It's a catchphrase I'm trying out. Deathwish is sneakier than the actual guy they were trying to say, look how sneaky these lads are. So, Asians, we've got your back on this one. Just fucking move this, move this movie along, man, because yeah, I, um, I, I did not care anymore at this point. Was it um, Deathwish? Yeah, we there's basically the two drug dealer gangs like, shit, you're not killing my people, I'm not killing yeah, your people. Okay, yeah. Someone's setting us up, let's meet up together in a public place to you know talk this over. And they go to an oil rig machine oil, thing. Oil and this is where the the bugs actually come in handy because he hears this. Oh shit! They're meeting at this oil. This okay, oil right? Rig. Okay, fair enough. So he goes up there with a sniper rifle and um, just starts shooting them, leading to one of the most grotesque and horrible shootouts I've seen in movies. They were playing <laughs> these like cool eighties songs with like husbands and fathers <laughs> being gunned down. I mean, they worked in the drug trade or whatever you feel about that is your business, but. They were being brutally fucking shot down. And I was like, dude, this is... No one who was around in the 80s can say video games are too violent. Because at least in video games, there's a context. There's a reason <laughs> for it. But these are just like people grotesquely dying. I was like, oh, I was just, just disgusted by it. It was horrible. It was blood that was thrown in there to give the scene colour. Yeah. Physically and literally to, to give us like, like yeah, look at those bastards die that was why like, that was there look they suffered good I don't I don't I'm no stranger to video game and movie violence I think it's got it's place but this was just the context is like they're drug dealers and that's why it's good that they're being gunned down horribly it's like it's not good it's uh even horrific. even like Taken which is the spiritual uh, predecessor even of this then he doesn't do it. there's not a lot of gore in that there's a bit of like moral ambiguity where he uh, is French, his French mate, and he shoots his French mate's wife, mm. and you think, oh, well, you mean kneecaps it, doesn't he? Even then, the it's like you think, oh, taken. That's mm. not that's not a good thing to do. You can't do that. But I guess you, you know, you it's intentionally shocking. You're like, shit, that makes me a bit uncomfortable to say. It. It's not sure that <laughs> it's hilarious. He shoots an innocent woman in the kneecap. Look how tough this man is. So it turns out that Nathan White, White. was a bad dude. Dun, dun, dun. and he invites Deathwish to come meet him in a golf club and okay I'll meet you there he goes to a fucking unrelated oil refinery he's like oh, uh, he told me to meet him here like, it's not a fucking golf uh, club That's, he said meet him at the golf club you're in the wrong goddamn place uh, <laughs> so uh, anything to save a bit of money on the scenery I guess but like if you're gonna do that and just put it in cheap empty locations or for some reason you've got an oil refinery that you can get on the cheap refinery or a sewage treatment plant or some kind of but like write that in the script yeah fucking it's not hard dickheads so it's uh, Nathan White's uh, Nathan Defoe looking Nathan Defoe mm, Nathan William Defoe. Willem Defoe looking uh, limo driver's like oh get in this limo you know you'll be fine but he's not here ah you, you, I'll take you to him it's fine so he locks him in the limo and walks off and walks away at that point you're like shit something's going down here so what does Death Wish do panics for a few minutes <laughs> And then doesn't try the door. Doesn't try the door. He's like, oh shit, you know, door was probably not locked. What he does, he shoots out the tiniest window in the limousine, not the not the one next to him. With the gun, one he has to climb over. With the gun he had on him, because the guy didn't pat him down. It's like I'm gonna take you to see my boss, who's and I'm also gonna kill you. Do you have a gun on you? Maybe I should have checked that. Dickhead. That was ridiculous. That was bad writing. Bad story. He climbs out, and then we realize, oh shit. Deathwish had a girlfriend who was still in the movie. Let's go kidnap her and you'll get him to come totally out. Totally forgot. Yeah. Totally forgot about. They forgot about her. We kind of forgot about her because she had no point in the plot other than to be an object that drives him to do stuff. 
and he, <coughs> they say meet us in the roller rink roller car rink. park for some reason. And then why are they? You you wanted to do the meeting before in a secluded place. Why are you me doing this very illegal meeting in a very well crowded place, dude? You just want to get some rollerblading in there, <laughs> you? Because it's the eighties, and apparently you need to put rollerblading in all your movies. <laughs> Um, so, so the he, he, okay, so he, he meets him in the car park there again. The the very another rapey looking car park, but no one's getting raped because they're all men, and that doesn't happen apparently. And he he goes over to him, and as he's going down the ramp and turning the corner, you can see there's no one in the car. Yeah. The viewer can tell this very clearly, and then they open fire on him and then go up to him. There's no one in there. Fucking right. Alright, shut up, right. No, fucking <laughs> shut up the movie. Right. He does not have a remote control car. Fuck not you. James Bond. Fuck man. you, Death Wish 4. That t- I saw that car go down a ramp and turn a corner. I'm very angry about this. Which takes some skill, those of us who've driven into a in driven a car driven a car park before. It takes some doing to get around those corners, though. And it was unmanned apparently. Yeah. Bullshit. Bull fucking shit. And of Stupid course, movie. Deathwish himself has got a grenade launcher at this point, and he's hiding and in the wings. Just, then he just open fires on these people trying to support the wives and families. If this movie was made today, it would just be like a, a big, morbidly obese, fucking ancient dude in a trailer park, just going, "I'll oh, send some drones to sort out these drug dealers." You know, that that'd be that's this movie today. And then now he goes. Um, he kills some more people. Uh, he murder, goes to the murder, roller murder, rink. Murder, roller, roller, roller rink. Goes to the roller rink and just um, in a gunfight in an arcade, shooting all the arcade machines. Like fuck, what you're into? <laughs> the young, the old people have got better guns than you. It does that thing. It happens in fucking movies. It really pisses me off when they blow up a game or a arcade machine and then it goes <laughs> like it makes the dying character sound. <laughs> That's so stupid, man. It wouldn't make a noise. It would just explode. Don't pander to me, man. I know what fucking noise a video game makes. Shut the fuck up. Ugh. As you know, it's Boo this movie. It's the 80s, so they didn't understand arcade machines. They didn't understand the arcades in general. And they didn't understand drugs. What? It's like, oh, we need to put something in there for the arcade generation. Because that's clearly who this movie's marketed to. They barely understood how guns work, honestly. <laughs> There's a bit where he's got a an Uzi with a silencer on, which... And it doesn't wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah, he does all this with one clip in his Uzi as well. Where's his backup? Where's his bag full of other guns? He runs out of bullets. He's like, shit, I should have brought more bullets. Like, plan ahead. You apparently got remote control cars. You can't pack an extra clip in your fucking magic lunchbox. So eventually, it turns out that um, Nathan White, or the dude is pretending to be Nathan White, because the real Nathan White is a different old dude. Oh That's yeah, a he... whole other fucking <laughs> subplot we can just steamroll right over. Skip it over. Skip it over. Fucking nothing. Um, yeah, just old. Kennel Crackers over there is just, is now wearing like a, a gold chain and it's got his hair done in a different way. <laughs> he looks a bit ethnic, even though he's white. <laughs> he Very white. Look- it's like okay now I know he's meant to be the bad guy but we can't have a white bad guy guy so give him an ethnic haircut fuck you the chain. 80s fuck you the racist 80s I don't think it's the 80s can't really be blamed for all of that I think the filmmaker themselves should be tarred and feathered for a lot of this shit but you know it turns out it's a shootout in another car park with Nathan White lady character and Death Wish and lady character shows the first fucking agency out of anyone in this entire movie and eye gouges him and tries oh, to yeah, off. Yes. And, oh yeah, yes. And you go, good for you, girl. You're actually doing something. Finally, use for you know your character in this. But no, turns out that just uh, shoot her in the back. Nathan bang, bang. White kills her to death. Kills her. There was there was no reason to kill her that late in the movie. It offered the protagonist no extra incentive because as soon as she goes down, he doesn't cry. He doesn't go. <laughs> he doesn't pause. He just blows the main bad guy up with an elephant gun. Oh yeah. Bring in another puppy. Set that shit on fire. There you go. Completely immolating his girlfriend's body as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent point. Yeah, there's no funeral there. Yeah. There's no clever one-liner. There's no witty retort. No open casket. Uh, there's for no. Lady there's no. This is for the witch. children. You black son of a bitch. <laughs> you black white son of a bitch. <laughs> there's just an exploding mannequin, and then uh, the, the the cop. The, quote unquote good cop shows gold, up goes like I'm, uh, I'm gonna see justice is done here he doesn't even say I'm gonna see justice is done he's just, he says something alluding to like you're gonna die now death wish and he goes yeah I don't care we've already established this cop 
will not shoot someone and he's pointing a gun at the guy who knows he's not yeah. going to shoot anyone just walks up and says yeah but if you're not going to shoot him arrest him yeah. you're a police officer don't let, him, don't let him go just because he and, killed bad people that's not an excuse he, he's probably going to go back in Death Wish 5 working for the same architect firm with the established how is he waking up the next day and going to work the, the lack of any feeling or emotion Empathy, you could do a sorrow, lot. You could... loss, longing, heartache, other words, none of them. Not one of them was in there. You, you could do a lot with a movie about a guy who works a day job and vigilantes in his day in his like spare time and superhero movies do this so fucking well. Batman is like a you meant to be a rich playboy during the day and a super superhero by night, but you know, during the day you're fucking knackered after Complexuality. all the Yeah. Daredevil lawyer during the day Complex superhero by awesome. by night and it destroys his relationships because he's he doesn't kill anybody he's not as graphically violent as death wish but he's you know interferes with his day job and there's character in that there's reasons to care about the characters but death wish is just you know apparently he does a 16 hour shift in the architecture factory somehow <laughs> finds time to go undercover in the blue collar job in a fish gutting area <laughs> and just starts gunning people down with the same guns he used in previous killings that the cops apparently don't even give a shit about the last thing I've got to say about this movie is the last part of this movie when he's walking away nonchalantly over the bridge and some sick jazz music plays <laughs> the jazz ensemble some back sick sax horn gets in there bro it's not like oh well everyone I know is dead and I've murdered <laughs> so many people it's not incredible Hulk sad walking away music he's not sad about it's any just of or something along those lines maybe the terrible did the filmmakers even think there might be some subtext maybe we don't think Death Wish is a nice dude I mean they they had that dream sequence in the beginning where he's killing himself and himself was a rapist and stuff that's the only time we see him reflect on his actions and that's before he's done anything yet bullshit it's bad bad moving it's half one in the morning now I'm really tired, but I do want to spend a long time talking about the comparisons between Death Wish and The Punisher. Oh, yeah. Because that's one of the uh, the inspirations of Frank Castle was Death Wish, because that was just how people dealt with shit in that period of the 80s. Like, drugs are bad, there's loads of them. In my day, this didn't happen. We should hang all the bastards, is what we were <laughs> saying over here. Send them all to the war. So they were like, oh, let's just kill everybody. That'll solve everyone's problem. But, you know, you get pathos with the Punisher, don't you? And ironically, yeah. this is a guy... And even the Punisher, you, he questions himself. Yeah. He, he thinks, you know, he doesn't think he's a good guy. He doesn't think he's... A lot of story arcs of the Punisher are like, oh, where uh, a bad guy tricked you using your own... Your own view of crime has to be destroyed. No excuse to destroy criminals to make them more powerful. Ergo, you helped crime because yeah. you're never going to stop crime. All you can do is put it on pause for a bit but what you'd actually do in the in this movie Death Wish and The Punisher and those storylines is escalating crime yeah. you're streamlining the process they don't, they don't reflect on but it but in those things you know The Punisher re- reflects he he feels bad about it he uh, he, if The Punisher has feelings is another conversation for another long boring ass day <laughs> it, it's a, I can't get into this so much this time of life but you know he feels something yeah Deathwish doesn't give a shit. He's literally a sociopath. He doesn't care about. Doesn't seem. Doesn't show any emotion aside from telling his girlfriend's daughter that her drawings are a bit shit. That's the only emotion he shows, and he says that with such glee. Mm. <laughs> Just wants to cut people down. And you know what? It's not even like the the Punisher thing of like the war never stops. As like like the punishment must go on. And at least the criminals and Punisher stories are worse than his generally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, these guys are just dealing drugs. They don't. They're not murdering people. He'll shoot a gang guy if a gang guy pulls on him first. Though, yeah. And that's fair enough. He won't just go out and murder the gang dudes. He he walks through Hell's Kitchen all the time with his coat buttoned up. Man, you know, uh, he can't stop a murder every fucker along the way. Uh, this is just not death wish. Death wish just murders anyone who looks vaguely foreign and has a and has a, a ponytail and a gun. This dude's a bit swarthy. Better murder him and his entire family and all of his friends. I don't care how angsty your backstory is. You don't just get to kill whoever you want and. Especially not Why? all the waiters and uh-huh. blue collar fish gutters that you want. There Why in your way. didn't he just like the guy arrest him? Like, okay, you're not gonna kill him. 
just arrest him it's like that's your job yeah he's right there put some handcuffs on him he doesn't look like he's gonna put up much of a fight about yeah. it fucking Take arrest him, him. oh you're a, a shit cop Baldwin that was a bad movie man so what we, the, the ethnic stereotypes we've dealt with so far swarthy people are always drug dealers and should be gunned down and murdered especially if they're a bit black Asian people are all sneaky white people are incompetent <laughs> fucking cowards who can't even do their own jobs probably have tiny penises and like to show off their massive fucking guns <laughs> that's the lesson we learned from this horrible train wreck of a movie it's terrible not good do not watch train that. wreck a fucking Hindenburg at least a train wreck's interesting <laughs> okay. at least the Hindenburg okay. had an impact had a reason for existing had an impact but uh, so trio <laughs> the two the ten minutes he was in it he was the only thing that was worthwhile in that entire the vagina cake maybe possibly <laughs> tied for second place as the best actor in this movie it's interesting in that it was the first evolution of trio as not a prisoner he's been yeah, pretty he's much a, like a, a prisoner or he's a, been bumped from prisoner to henchman so he's and like, on his way that is the career trajectory of trio in his yeah. IMDb it is Prisoner, thug, henchman, uh, speaking extra, speaking role, uh, character feature, and then machete. Did he just go from character stuff to machete? He he just did like uh, like character. Because he did a lot of stuff, like a lot of the stuff we've seen already. Like the well, um, I'd I'd say like the the, you know the Conair stuff. stuff. The, the oh we get to watch Con Air in this yeah, as well we do. Yes. that's just him being character actor even though it is a character that is the fucking same it's not Stephen Root character acting when you're just playing all these boss roles he does play prisoners thugs and henchmen but it, it escalates to the point where he's got billing in the credits pretty high up there as opposed to this where he's just way down the bottom yeah. of the list as Savio Savio Vega oh, whatever man. The name down. Uh, it's not worth watching for Danny Trejo yeah, it's because it's the there's not enough trio in there, and it's not worth watching for a good bad movie because it's just a bad it unenjoyable will, movie. If you've got any human sympathy for anyone other than yourself, this will make you feel bad. Yeah, yeah. There's no schlock factor to it. There's no B movie fun to be had. There's no winks to anyone. It's just making some making a movie, having some fun. It's just a bad movie. Just a bad movie. Not as bad as the train movie. Was that Runaway Train? Yeah, but Which that was, was the worst one. That I've was pretty. Uh, like, but that that's the only sin in Runaway Train was it was boring. This is just boring and has a horrible message. The thing about Runaway Train was like it was it was a I don't know, was it a car wreck of a movie. It was a train wreck of a movie because like I couldn't turn away from how bad it was. Yeah, this was just uninteresting it was just, with its badness. Like it wasn't technically wrong. Yeah, all the cameras were lined up apart from that shot with the sniper that was bobbing all over the place oh, yeah. but it wasn't technically a bad movie it was just a bad movie because it was poorly executed poorly written poorly thought out poorly yeah. developed and poorly you could active. do a lot you could do a lot with that character really because yeah, there's it was a lot just, of stuff you could it was just the fact that it was Death Wish 4 no one cared yeah. no one gave a shit and they got it done and they got it out there I think we're the only people who give a shit this yeah. entire thing so I, I guess the I've, joke's on us really I've never met anyone who enjoyed Death Wish apart from watching the first one like ironically the level of distance between the Dirty Harry thing that started this and Death Wish 5 whatever the fuck that's called that was the last one is insane you could argue somewhere for Death Wish 1 you could argue I wouldn't listen to you but you could argue <laughs> it but no at this I point be slapping just, you during it I, I can't imagine someone who watched all those movies who has all those movies on DVD and is a healthy well adjusted person yeah it's not good so we're we doing like the machetes out G- give it the machetes well? man. I mean this doesn't it's not a Danny Trail movie is it because you know he's barely in it uh, it's not a good movie it's a bad movie it's very bad uh, what's the opposite of a machete um <laughs> This is 100,000 chopping blocks out of five machetes, basically. The only thing of merit was Danny Trio exploding. And even that was done with a puppet. <laughs> a really pu- good puppet. That, that puppet exploding scene was great. I love that. <laughs> watch that. I'd watch that again. <laughs> if this was Mystery Science Theatre, that would just be the bit after the credits. The singer. Yeah, and you'd, all, you'd have a good laugh at that. But... Ah, Danny Trio exploding. Danny Trio's puppet exploding. Okay, all right. So... Yeah, we talked a, a we lot talked about the movie through, there. I wrote, I just, I normally say like I write notes while I'm doing this, five full pages, and I've used every single point I wrote down. We're gonna have to that's cut how, that down. That was like over an hour. <laughs> that's how bad this was. I used all of my notes. 
It's good to get back in the swing of things, though. We've got yeah, the conversation it's, floor it's been, right. You may not notice it when you're actually watching these back-to-back. Listening back, Matt. Listening, watching, whatever these people do. I don't know what podcast people do. Listen to it in your car or whatever, on your way to work at the fish cutting factory. <laughs> well, <laughs> imagine if you did work at a fish cutting factory. <laughs> not, while you're listening to this. Death wish is coming. <laughs> oh, these people have been watching it, and it's probably they've probably seen the last one we did, and didn't realise there's a huge gap between that one and this one. Months because Months. We, we moved. We moved. Moved locations to this place from the last place, so we could have more room to podcast. That was the only reason we did yeah. it. You don't appreciate how shitty and tiny that place was. <laughs> Fucking yeah. living on top of each other like animals. This place is big and it's clean. A Squam poster on the wall. <laughs> Fucking Squam was a great movie. Posters. Go watch Squam, everybody. We've got posters from every Grand Theft Auto game. <laughs> yeah, a... we do. We are basically living the goddamn dream. As a Playboy uh, Mansion. Fa. So many Ant-Man posters. Monkey Island. Not enough Ant-Man there. posters, dude. <laughs> Okay, right. So next is interesting because it is the first TV movie. <laughs> God, yes. Raul. He plays a character called Raul Gal Galdezins. I don't know. Galdenize. Some kind of Mexican. That's... Both Sh- of these are movies that we haven't done yet. Shannon's Deal, nineteen eighty-eight, same year. A washed-up lawyer refuses to take a bribe, and instead goes after the South American drug cartel. A South American drug cartel that's trying to push those in its way. Hmm, that sounds terrible. That might be hard to find, actually. Awful. Very good chance this one might not exist. <laughs> yeah, a 1989 TV movie. Hmm, woof the. Someone's it's the internet. Someone's bound to have archived it somewhere. I'll have a good look for it. If not, we'll we'll find a way. But. Yeah, that's next. And Shannon's deal. What is the deal with Shannon? <laughs> Very good. Uh, it looks like we're back to playing prisoners after that. Uh, we, we've got a lot to get through. But don't worry, if we stick for this for one, two, three, four... If we stick for this for four more movies, we've got Maniac Cop 2. Yes! <laughs> yes! If you don't want to stick with us for the whole 330 entries... Well, you know, we <laughs> stick can do this. For we two can make mo- it through. Stick with us for four more for Maniac Cop 2 which I have seen it's a good, undanny trio it's a good it's bad a movie great movie guys it it's is a, ba- it's a bad great movie. movie bad movie but a good one. Oh, so good Robert Dazar rest in peace brah and you know maybe Shannon's deal might be entertaining maybe, yeah, be... maybe we'll get lucky yeah. you don't know okay right nearly 2 o'clock in the morning this is definitely too late for me my watch has actually died from being awake this long have I got time on me uh, it doesn't matter oh it's oh no it's now 20 to 1 we're fine I, this is this, I go to bed at 11 o'clock these days man this is too late for Liam I'm just getting started <laughs> get to get to the Danny Trio podcast blue <laughs> oh, thank you Danny Trio thank you Danny uh, Trio we apologise that you were involved in this movie I hope it paid your bills for a while I hope, I hope at least some good came out of it that way see you again see you in Space Cowboy <laughs>